Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon in Arizona. It's National Trivia Day, Tony. What's your favorite piece of trivia? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Your house in Maryland can fit 350 people, 27 kegs, and three miniature ponies we found out last night. That's bad news for somebody, Tony, but I sold that house last week. Yeah, but there was no occupancy, and now you got ponies, okay? But not three me, not my, not miniature my responsibility. ponies walking around. The new owner's got to worry. What people call the Florida room, I believe it's called. <laughs> ponies. The new owner. The new owner's got to worry about that, not me. I'm off the hook. That's why I'm here. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the NFL playoffs kick off. James Harden goes off in San Antonio tells off Kawhi Leonard, but we begin today with a report by Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski asserting that Jimmy Butler has aggressively challenged Sixers coach Brett Brown about his place in the offense. The story speaks of people calling Butler's action at a film session, quote, disrespectful. But Brown says the relationship is well within the context of player-coach normalcy. Well, when Jimmy Butler forced his way out of Minnesota a couple of months ago, what is his future in Philadelphia now? Tony, I think that depends entirely, and I mean entirely, on how this team plays in the playoffs. What They're going to make the playoffs, and they should be a top four seed, which means they'll have home court advantage in the first round. And then we see, can they you know, outlast Toronto in a series or Boston in a series or Milwaukee in a series? And, you know, one thing I don't get, Tony, strong personalities among the players dominated the NBA for about 40 years. And now everybody seems scared if a player wants to make a suggestion about the offense or the defense. Brett Brown says he's okay with it. So just play. The only games they've lost lately, the Sixers, I think they've, are six and three with losses like at Portland, at San Antonio, at Toronto, where they're supposed to lose. I don't, I don't get the angst over this. I think he's toxic. I said this months ago. I'm going to say it again right now. I think Jimmy Butler is a toxic player. I think he's a one way player and, and it's, and it's his way. All the time. He will tell you he's a very passionate player, and I will tell you that he is a selfish player. I don't know what he's going to do there. I mean, he took on Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota. He didn't like them. I don't know if he'll take on Simmons and Embiid. I would not take on Embiid. Embiid is volatile. Here's what I would ask you, Mike. He's a free agent at the end of the year. What if he goes to Philadelphia and he says, you know, I'd like to stay, but I, I can't get along with this coach? Is he that? Is he that good? Is he that important that that no, an organization will bend? They'll bend, but Brett Brown stays. But Tony, suppose they win with this. I mean, well, you if say they he's win toxic. the whole thing, Tony, you keep Tony, it. He's had more regular season success against a guy we like to call LeBron, LeBron James that's right. than any player in the league. That's so right. How toxic can he be? He plays both ways. Look, he may be a tough guy. Well, what's wrong? When did that become something that everybody in the NBA is allergic to? Some toughness. Okay, and maybe he's got an agenda. Let's do it my way. He's the first guy. You covered a whole league of that in the 1970s and 80s. What are you talking about? I think this is a toxic circumstance. I think we've seen it on at least two teams now. We move now to James Harden and the Rockets beating the Golden State Warriors last night. Harden once again top 40, getting 44 points, including a last-second three that won the game in overtime. Golden State blew a 20-point second-half lead and could not hold on, even with Durant, Curry, and Thompson, combining for 87 points. Wilbon, does this result change the way you see anything in the West? A little bit, Tony. It's, it's not just this result. This result piled on top of other recent results led by James Harden. Moving along the way I see the Houston Rockets, 
I told you at the beginning of the season, I thought the Rockets were going to be a team that took a step backward, and it appeared for a while they did. Now they have taken lots of steps forward, and Chris Paul is going to rejoin that team. And I, my man Daryl Morey is probably going to make a move to get at least one more guy in there, a strong rotation guy. So I see the Rockets in a, in a field, Tony, that is so crowded. I mean, there's seven or eight teams that could make the conference final, not the NBA final, but the conference final in the West. And the Warriors, after going 11 and 2, are now 14 and 12. Tony, wow. they're not dominant. They're terrific, but they're not dominant. And that leaves Houston an open door. I'm going to cede all of that stuff to you, but thank you very much for mentioning Daryl Morey. Because I'm going to quote Daryl Morey, something he said after the game last night, word for word. You can argue for him, and by him he meant, he meant James Harden, as the best offensive player of all time. This is so unbelievably stupid that I want to dwell on it for a while. Because if you're going to deal with all time, you got to deal with all time. Not this week. There's two. Not this month. There's okay. two. So you Give have to deal Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> who averaged not 40, but 50 points an entire season without the benefit of threes or foul shooting because he couldn't do either. Wilt Chamberlain. And the second thing is, Mike, you always talk about how the NFL has legislated defense out. Well, the NBA yeah. has no defense. If you touch somebody, it That's is a right. foul now. If Michael right. Jordan played under these conditions, he'd he would, average 50. I, he'd so, average 50. So you, you are, if you Daryl Morey, I know he's your boy. I love Daryl. I love him. You diminish James Harden by saying no, something so crazy that he's just the best that. offensive player of all time. I spent what? an hour. I spent an hour this morning on, I guess, basketballreference.com or whatever. Looking at the offensive numbers of Jordan, particularly Jordan, I don't even, Wilt, Wilt is on another planet. Jordan and Harden. And you know what? Harden doesn't even shoot threes that much better than Jordan. He was 13 I mean, for 32 light last night, the greatest Tony, offensive player of all time. Tony, Tony, one time in his life when he was reserved in Oklahoma City at the beginning of his career, one time in his life he shot better than 45%. Jordan never in his career shot less just, than 45%. It's so I mean, crazy. Move on. It's, it's, it's too crazy. But, but listen, you understand Maury and you understand Mike D'Antoni taking up for their guy, oh, don't you? You oh. get that. Ding. Huh? Ding. Move on. <laughs> okay. Let's move to wild card weekend in the NFL. And the game that real NFL fans will be interested in, Eagles at Bears. The defending champs have won five of six, and they look just fine playing again with backup Nick Foles. And the Bears are completely new to the playoff scene, but come in as the favorite, having won 9 of 10, 7 and 1 at home this season, behind another fabulous Bears defense. Let's get right to it, Tony. Do you see the Bears as the clear favorites over the Eagles? No, I don't see them as a clear favorite. I do want to commend you, though, on that Joey Bishop look. I really, I sort of like Thank that. you very much. Yeah, it, Not it, Peter Lawford, just Joey Bishop. Yeah, no. Either. You can have either. Okay. Any of the deep right. rat pack guys you got. I'll take Joey. Um, so, so they're not the clear favorite because of the things that you're saying. Because the Bears are relatively, they haven't been in a playoffs, I think, in eight years. They've got some guys on the roster with playoff experience, but not a whole lot. And the Eagles team that you are seeing right now is essentially, especially with Nick Foles at quarterback, the team that won the Super Bowl you know, 12 months ago. Right, so, so no, I'm amazed that the number be six and a half. I'm, I'm not saying Chicago's not good because yeah. I think they're real good. Clear favorite, no. I don't care about Vegas. It's a pick 'em. There's, there's no clear favorite yeah. in this game. Yeah. That's why it's such a great game. Listen, 
Not only do the Bears have a, a, a dearth of people who have playoff experience, and certainly not together, playing together, Tony, the Bears have no starter who's over 30. I mean, that's just because that's just because Howie Long's son is back, hopefully starting uh, Sunday afternoon. But no, Tony, when you're playing the defending champs who got themselves on a late roll, you know, I, for a while I was saying I don't want to play the Eagles. And I realized there's no weak link in the NFC playoff system. All six teams are worthy. The three road teams can go on the road for a while and win. So I'm look, I'm going to go to this game. I'm going to go out there and freeze a little bit and watch the Bears. The Bears, I think, can win this game and will win this game. But there's they, no he- my, there's no heavy favorite in or the clear last favorite in this three game. weeks. I believe the Eagles went and beat the Rams in L.A., which is very impressive. Then they beat Houston. These are two division winners. And then in the game yeah. they had to win, they went on the road in Washington. Not a good team. They shut them out. So they come into this strong. It is a pickup game. Two the only wild really card game. Teams. The only wild card game where the wild card team has more victories than the division champ is San Diego at Baltimore. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers at Baltimore. The Chargers were seven and one on the road. San Diego. And Baltimore has won six of seven with Lamar Jackson starting. Wilbon, we both have multiple houses. If you had to bet one of your houses on one of these teams, which team you got in the one percenter no, I, section? I, no, no, I'm, I'm not betting anything on those. Let me, let me go back just for a quick second. Yeah. Whoever wins that Eagles Bears game, that team's going to go to Los Angeles and beat the Rams, okay. write it down. And I think that team will then continue on and beat the Saints. Now, in, in terms of this game, I, I, I'm for the Ravens. I'm for defense. I, 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 I have changed the way I feel traditionally about the San Diego Chargers. They're not the Nappers. I mean, they've had a strong season. Phillip Rivers has been tremendous wire to wire. But now in this playoff game, Tony, you asked me if they're going to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. I don't think so. I think the Ravens could come out of there with a 17-14 kind of game. That's what I see. Yeah, it's very hard to defend Baltimore right now with Jackson at quarterback because they run so much. They run like it's a 1970s offense. And since nobody plays that way, your personnel isn't geared to stopping that. In my heart, I sort of would like to see Phillip Rivers, who's four and five in the playoffs, and this is only his second playoff appearance, and I think since 2009. I'd like to see him win this. They've been a worthy team all year. They have more victories, Mike, than four division champs. And they're being asked to go across the country 3,000 miles and play at 10 o'clock in the morning on their body clocks. I'd well, like what? to see it. Then win your division. Don't don't blame the schedule makers because well, you got to go play the, the team. They have the same amount of wins, I believe, as formula. Kansas City. I yeah, believe well, I'm rooting for Baltimore. You're a traitor. Okay. You're Not rooting a traitor. against I Steve Bishotti and Ozzie I like You're rooting against people 35 miles from where you live. I like Bishotti. I like him a lot. Traitor. What a traitor. I don't like that look anymore, that, that Rat Pack look. I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm done with you. The primetime game tomorrow night has the Seahawks visiting Dallas. These two teams have spent all season going from one mini-drama to the next. And, of course, if the Cowboys don't win, the loss will be dramatically overstated, no matter the details of the game. Tony, I like the Seahawks on the road. And if it actually happens that Seattle wins, won't we immediately start hearing about Jason Garrett's job and how the team underachieving is entirely his fault? So so the question becomes, does Jason Garrett get on the hot seat? Well, the answer is no, because there's like a hundred times that he could have been fired. And he's he never, lives on the hot seat, He's Tom. never fired by Jerry Jones. I mean, I would say that he's if He's got a heating pad on his butt. He yeah, lives on the hot seat so I much. I mean, he'll be rewarded for the fact that he won the division rather than he loses in a playoff game. I don't know if Seattle is going to win. But Seattle is a very worthy team. They got a quarterback 
who has won a Super Bowl. The Dallas quarterback is doing soup commercials. They got a coach who has won the Super Bowl. And don't talk about him being on the hot seat. This is no upset if Seattle wins this. I mean, no, I think it, would, right. it, might, it might actually shut up Richard Sherman for 30 seconds. But they, <laughs> you know what's the most surprising statistic, Mike, about, what? about Seattle? They what? are sixth in the league in offense. I, yeah. I didn't see that at all. I didn't. Well, there, there, there's some good coaching schematically, and there's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Have you said, Tony, to me, this is a pretty even game again. Yeah. My tiebreaker yeah. is Russell Wilson, and I'm not a guy who's crushing Dak Prescott all the time because I think Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than apparently most of America believes. But Russell Westbrook, man, it's hard not to go to him, with him even on the road in this matchup. Russell Wilson, you got the NBA on your mind. The first game what did in the I say? playoff. Russell Westbrook, Westbrook. Did I say that? Yes, the God. first game in this playoff weekend is a match of division rivals, Indianapolis and Houston. The Colts are very hot now. They've won nine out of ten, but they split this season with the Texans. Well, but no team in the playoffs knows each other better than these two. So who you got? I got the Houston Texans. Um, and and you were early on with yep. them in the season. They go zero and three to start. Zero and three, and I and I felt that if they'd go zero and four, they'd have fired Bill O'Brien on the spot. I, I thought might that. have. I mean, yeah, that's how that's that. how these things work. I like Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I like the way he has played all season, played his way back to the form we saw him in in the first six or seven games his rookie year before he tore up that knee and was out for the season. So I know that Andrew Luck is the popular pick in this. We are quarterback heavy in this conversation. We know that Houston's had Almost every season, not just a good defense, but sometimes a really good defense. That's right. Tony. That's right. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go yeah. with Deshaun Watson, who seems to have a little chip on his shoulder in this game at home. I like Houston. I've said all year long they're they're good on both sides of the ball. They have a really good defense. They have a really good offense and wide receiver. Everything. I like them a lot. To me, the wild card is Andrew Luck. Um, eight months ago at this time, he was throwing a Nerf ball. He's all the way back. The shoulder works. They couldn't even get a coach for a while. You know, people turned that job down till yeah. Frank Wright took him because you didn't know about Andrew Luck. Now they have an offensive line that can protect him. I see this as a very close game, and I think Indianapolis will win it. Let's take a break. Coming up, Kawhi gets heckled in his return to San Antonio. No surprise there. And as your boy, Alex Ovechkin being selfish by skipping the NHL All-Star game while he's a defending champion. Say what? I wouldn't do that, Mike. Not me. What? I would. Technology Truths. Brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The honorary doctor of humane letters is in the house. And he's brought his bag of very merry vocabulary. What's first? The Spurs win over the Raptors was blank. It was avenging. This one was pretty easy to see coming. Uh, they were jacked up. The fans were jacked up to boo Kawhi Leonard in his return to San Antonio. DeMar DeRozan jacked up to outplay his former team. Got the first triple-double ever. By the way, Kawhi minus 22 on the floor. That's his worst result in about five years, something like that. And then amazingly, Mike, 
Amazingly, he blamed the media after the mm-hmm. game as if the media sat out the season and engineered the trade. That just shows you I don't want to hear Kawhi Leonard talk about anything because he's never said anything worth repeating. I want to see him play. Now, he didn't play very well last night. The Spurs, Tony, this was liberating. The Spurs are good again. They are 11-3 and three in their last 14 games. It's a great, well, it's a strong ensemble cast. We'll see if they're great. But when you have DeRozan and Aldridge leading the way with a guy like Greg Forbes, who I think was undrafted, Pop has a typical Pop team there, really good. And this win, it was liberating. I expect to see them prolong this run. Next. Alex Ovechkin is blank for skipping the All-Star game to rest. He's short-sighted. I understand it. He wants to get ready for the playoffs and defend the Stanley Cup. I get that part. But you have to consider the totality of the All-Star game here. That's where the NHL sells the game to people who don't already love the game. Alex Ovechkin was elected captain by fans, and he's walking out on them. Go to San Jose. There's no, you're not physically taxed by playing in the game. Go to, LeBron James, when he took a week off, did it to his own team. He didn't do it to an all-star game. I don't, I don't get this. Tony, he's got like nine days between games. So he goes to San Jose, and he gets an Uber guy to find Pebble Beach while he's there. Are you kidding me? I don't get this. Alexander Ovechkin is less than for skipping the All-Star game. If somebody, this is not the Pro Bowl. I mean, this is a showcase. It does sort of lift the the, the participation and the audience watching. Go to this. This is junk. You go to this. this Week. It's a lot of things. Next. Last one. It's blank that Bryson DeChambeau is putting with the flag stick in. Okay, it's scientific. DeChambeau is like the mad scientist on the tour. He studied physics at, at SMU. He goes around, he talks to his caddy about angles all the time. He's the guy where all the clubs are the same length. He has actually used this phrase relative to keeping the stick in. The coefficient of restitution. I have no idea what that means. But after the first day of this tournament, Mike, in Hawaii, he led the field in putting. So I think he knows what he's doing. We know he knows what he's doing. But Tony, putting with the flag stick in is example setting. This is one of the new rules. I mean, this is one of the new rules that started uh, New Year's Day. I took advantage of it a day early. You're leaving the flag stick in, and you're dropping the ball on a drop from your knee instead of whatever it is, your neck or your head Shoulder, or whatever. Shoulder, yeah. Because you're trying to speed up the game. They've cut the amount of time you can look for a ball from five minutes to three minutes. You know, if you move your ball or your coin, you keep putting. These are meant to speed play with guys like you and me, not meant for DeChambeau, but it's okay that he's doing it. Coefficient of restitution. Let's take one last break, but still to come, a piece of very good news for the Ohio State football program. And Chris Mullins' St. John's team is 13-1. and Take that, all you doubters and haters. Will he beat Patrick Ewing's Georgetown team tomorrow? That's old school Big East right there. I like when they coach against each other. I like I love that. It. Happy time, people. Happy 89th birthday, Don Shula. The Hall of Fame coach of the Miami Dolphins has more NFL victories than anyone, 328. The leading active coach, Bill Belichick, 67 wins behind Shula. The measure of how good Don Shula was is that the Miami Dolphins are still searching for a football coach they can count on. In the last 15 years, the Dolphins have had eight coaches currently searching for number nine. Tony, when people talk about greatest coach ever and they immediately go to Belichick, my hesitation is Don Shula. 
who was in six Super Bowls. I know he was two and four, but man, he won in a variety of ways in his career. Happy anniversary, Vince Young, on this day 13 years ago. Young scored a touchdown on a fourth down with 19 seconds left to win the national championship for Texas over USC. No list of the greatest championship games of all time is complete without this one. Since then, Texas has clearly receded, but under Tom Herman, Texas shows signs of climbing back, including a surprising Sugar Bowl victory over Georgia. Tony, I was at that game, covered it for the Washington Post, and I just think it's one of the great games, I don't know, a handful of games I've ever seen in college football. Happy trails to UConn's 126-game regular season win streak. The Huskies lost at Baylor last night, 68-57, their first loss in a regular season game since 2014. Last time they lost in regulation, 2013. Their last loss by double digits, 2012. Well, but UConn hasn't won the national championship in two years, and now this is Gino Auriemma on the hot seat? <laughs> yeah, somebody will come up with a stupid hot take like that. It just shows you, Tony, we put up these kinds of numbers. Gino Auriemma is in a coaching world of his own. Absolutely. Big finish real quick. Patrick Mahomes got 45 out of 50 votes. First team All-Pro at quarterback. Are you surprised? A little bit. Thought it'd be more evenly split with him and Drew Brees, but it wasn't former Georgia quarterback Justin Fields transferring to Ohio State. Is that a good spot? Yeah, Dwayne Haskins going to the pros probably. Alabama columnist Joseph Goodman reports that the family of Tua Tungavailoa plans to be 400 strong at the national title game. Your thoughts? One of those kids' family members more important than the other is the kid who's going to be his brother, going to be the quarterback of Alabama. The Rays will block off the 300 level to create a capacity of 25 grand at the Trop. Will that help? Sure, because they'll leave only 22,000 empty seats. Last one, St. Chris Mullins, 13-1 St. John's team at Patrick Ewing's 11-3 Georgetown tomorrow. Who you got? I'm not picking. I love them both. Cheers to Mully and Patrick Ewing. Good for them. People hated and doubted on them. They've been terrific. Out of time. Trying to do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. You-